Hey guys, we're back. Three and three, episode number 32. I'm Adam from Splendid Sports, joined by Darren from Return to Collecting. How's it going, Darren? I'm good, Adam. How are you doing? Great. Thank you for joining me. Um, I want to start off as my new thing now. Uh, when we do an episode, the number, I want to, it's got future guests, if they see this, they'll be prepared. But um, I did this on the last one. What do you, who would you say is the best or most uh, memorable number 32? And you could pick any sport, baseball, basketball, football. What would you say? So other than OJ Simpson, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, so I would say basketball, Magic Johnson, football, Jim Brown, baseball, Sandy Koufax. Okay. We didn't rehearse this, guys. I write down on my sheet here. I, I wrote down who I thought. I had the exact same three. So Magic, Hi. Jim Brown, Sandy Koufax. There's nice. a, I was amazed at how many... I know I knew those guys, but like there was a lot of uh, Hall of Famers, all time greats who were number 32, like in basketball. It was Bill Walton, uh, Dr. J. Shaq was 32 for yeah, a little Shaq while. Shaq was for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, baseball had Steve Carlton, another great pitcher. But yeah, mm. those three. I mean, it's hard to argue with uh, those are like you could argue those were like Jim Brown, best football player ever. Sandy Koufax, best pitcher ever. And then I would say Magic Johnson, man. It's always it's still surprising to me how few people collect Magic Johnson, at least that I see on like uh, YouTube or social media. I mean, it feels like I see more collectors of like um, Penny Hardaway, guys from the 90s. Right. than I do that collect guys like Magic Johnson um, and I collect Larry Bird. So, you know, they tie in pretty well together. But a lot of it's probably the age ranges of people that are in the hobby now. Mm -hmm. But uh, Magic Johnson has such a low collector base as far as I can tell compared to some of these other players that weren't even close to as good as him. I mean, right. Magic Johnson was unbelievable. Right. And that's a thing. That's one of the things I think is great about the hobby is if you're a fan of the certain players who are just hyper collectible, right? If you're like, Hey, I'm a Jordan collector, a mantle collector, you know, you know, Tom Brady collector, it's tougher because their cards are more expensive, but th there's all kinds of players that are like world-class who are, or kind of ignored a little bit by the hobby and you can pick up such great cards at such reasonable prices. Like you said, magic's a great example. I did a video yesterday about uh, Grover Cleveland Alexander and I'm like, he's one of the top five pitchers of all time. And I just picked up his rookie card in a 1913 and a five for less than a thousand bucks. Wow. So, which I'm like, that's, you know, th th there's lots of, it's just cool how there's lots of great many Minoso's one that he's kind of coming up right now, but Guys were picking up his rookie cards, 52 tops for cheap, like a year, a year or two ago. Yeah, Magic's, but Magic's always like surprised me because like I get it. Some players were like boring, like Tim Duncan, right? Very boring player. But look at Magic John. I know he wasn't like a dunker like Jordan, but you look at his highlight reel of his no look passes and everything. Uh, and, you know, the hobby loves winners. The guy won five championships for the Lakers. <laughs> so he's a guy that, man, is I always confused me on like, you know, I'm not trying to pump the market because I collect Larry sure. Bird, but, you know, it's right. just surprising to me to see. No, I'm um, with you. I'm with you. I agree. He, he's 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 so incredibly good as a basketball player that he should not his cards should be worth more. And he's more modern, too. I think you see I think we see some sometimes with with the all time greats that are a little older. People are less interested in them because they might not have seen them play. But, you know, Guys that are our age that collect, so, you know, they watch them play. So I'm, I am, I agree with you. I'm surprised his cars aren't going for more, which yeah, is cool. Yeah. You could pick them up for a good deal. 
Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the, the year, the years that his cards go through doesn't help playing years, um, you know, being that is most of his cards are through the eighties, you know, when there was mass produced cards. So I think that obviously plays a lot into it as far as him being not as attractive from a card perspective to collect. Cause you know, unless you're getting PSA tens or whatever, it's uh, pretty easy to get most of his cards from his playing right. days. Too, so, um, right. but you mentioned that, yeah, like got, we're around the same age range. This is one of the things I wanted to ask you because you know the name of your channel return to collecting uh there's so many of us that collected heavily as kids you know 80s 90s and now 30 years 25 years later uh, we've returned to the hobby uh, there's a there's a lot of people who've stayed in it the whole time and a lot of them are here on youtube uh, but there's a lot i mean a big portion of the people now in the hobby are people that um, came back returned to collecting mm -hmm. so a couple of questions one is how you know, fanatics, I don't focus too much on like the, the new stuff going on because most of the guys I collect are either dead or retired. Uh, right. But I, I do follow it a little bit. And I know one of the things fanatics, their goal is to um, 10x the hobby. So get 10 times the amount of collectors in the hobby than there are right now. Um, how many how many people do you think are left out there that collected as kids like us and haven't come back into the hobby yet? Is there is it you think there's still a big piece of that pie that's out there that they could convert? I think so. I think so. I mean, I, I've got some friends that were collect that collected as, as kids, not necessarily baseball, football, basketball, but some did uh, others collected say comic books or other things, but um, they, they, they used to collect. And then they talk to me all the time about like, we'll have dinner with, I'll have dinner with friends and they'll bring it up. Hey, I, you know, when I was, 12 i had this comic book or this football card i had dinner with a buddy i haven't seen for a while and he's like he's like all right i have six dan marino rookie cards i'm like oh sweet are they graded no no they're for mine from when i was a kid i'm like how good a condition i'm like oh they're pretty good i'm like oh yeah they're probably worth like 20 bucks yeah <laughs> right so he you know so he a lot of these guys talk to me about it but i don't think they have an interest in getting back into it um i have one friend that he, he used to collect football cards and then um, when he was younger and now he's starting to get into collecting comic graded comic books like old ones um, just because he, he kind of likes the, the concept of collecting. Um, he just isn't interested in sports stuff. But I think that, you know, especially after COVID, you know, we're three years past it now. Um, I, I think if they were going to get back into it, the majority of them probably would have. So I'd assume that there's a, there's a lot of guys I collected when they were younger that aren't going to get back into it. I think 10 xing the hobby, they're going to have to do a really good job of convincing kids to, to get into the hobby, start collecting. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was going to say. I think the, obviously the big focus would be kids, you know, new collectors uh, that's, you know, starting now, like we did back in the day. Uh, or international, you know, the international mm. audience maybe hasn't been tapped into, but I just don't, I don't see, maybe I, I could be completely wrong, but I don't see a ton of potential as far as like, let's say guys our age or girls or whatever that uh, co didn't collect as kids that have no history in the hobby that are now in their thirties, forties, whatever, uh, can, but they're sports fans. I, I don't really see a lot of potential to convert those people into collectors, into card collectors if there's no background to it, you know, so I, that's just, maybe I'm cynical, but I just, no, I, I agree I, with you. I agree with you. I think it's gonna be very difficult for them to do. Like, I, I think the, the easiest way to get non-collectors to start collecting 
is not from the manufacturer of the cards, but from other collectors. So, you know, I know you and I have chatted about it in the past, but, um, you know, my wife never collected anything, but she collects mantles now. They share a birthday. Um, so, you know, she's kind of getting into it. So it's kind of funny. Like when I used to go to card shows, you know, the question I got back was, how much did you spend? Now when I get back from a card show, it's, hey, they have any good mantles? <laughs> right? And I'm like, boom, there's, there you go. Right? Which, by the way, I have to say this now. This is like incredible. Incredible fact right here. Uh, your wife and my wife both have the same birthday as Mickey Mantle, October 20th. Unbelievable. Yep. What are the odds? That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, now, so you, but your wife's a mantle collector now? Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so she's got, I think she's got about four now. She's got a 58, a 59, a 62, and a 68. Awesome. Great and every time I come back from a show, our question is, do they have a 52 tops? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> I saw one. I got a picture of it for you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I also wanted to mention your uh, top 50 list. Your, your rank. I love lists. I love rankings, lists. I mean, the more the merrier those. I, I think more people should do that. Um, I, I love that. I know, you know, Iconic Al did his top 100. He's still yep. doing it. Uh, you got your top 50 just going now. I love this stuff because it just it, it creates so much conversation and, and hopefully debating and, and so forth. Um, so I know you're at you just did 40, uh, 50 and 49. So you got 48 coming out. But um, yeah. yeah, it's a shorter episodes, which are cool. Uh, like what, three, four, five minute episodes. Yeah, I try to keep them. I try to keep them about five minutes. I one of the things I've noticed on YouTube when I look at the analytics on my longer videos it's like the average watch time is actually less than five minutes on my long videos, but my videos that are five minutes or less, the average watch time typically is, you know, the majority of the video. Mm. So I figure if I keep them less than five, people will, will watch the whole thing. Yeah. Like with these episodes here, three and three, this won't probably go a half hour, you know, and um, what's happened over time, interestingly enough, I get more people that, that listen or watch, you can watch video on Spotify too, but, I get more people on podcasts, Apple and Spotify that listen, watch these than than YouTube now. So oh, nice. Uh, it's just weird to see how that it used to be like 90 percent YouTube and now it's, um, you know, 60 percent podcast or whatever. So nice. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's more consumable. Probably if people are driving to work or whatever, they can sure. listen more than, uh, you know, hopefully they watch on YouTube, too. But right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But 30 minutes is a you know big time commitment. So. What I wanted to do here is, uh, if you're ready, we're going to get rolling. We're going to look at three of Darren's favorite cards in his collection. And he's got a sweet collection. Um, we're going to look at three of his favorite. Then we're going to look at three that he'd like to add to the collection. So, Darren, whenever you're ready, let's take a look at number one. Sure thing. So, can I have a pre-number pre one? Because sure. I know we talked about, like, getting back into the hobby and stuff. Sure. And one of the things that got me back into the hobby was my dad was a big collector, like he didn't really get out of it. He stayed collecting and he actually sold his collection, I think like in the, like 2010, 2015, something like that. And uh, before he sold it, he let, he let me have my brother and I have a couple pieces from it. And I know since you're a Boston fan, I want to show you this one that I got from my dad's collection. It was one of the first cards that got me rolling, but the absolute worst condition <laughs> ever 1941 play ball, Ted Williams. It's a one with a mark. It's got uh it's got 
pen marks on it. So this is the worst condition one I've seen. And I absolutely love this card because it came from his collection. Plus it's a great looking card. I love that card. Uh, <laughs> I'm not just saying this to me. Not, I mean, first of all, it's an awesome card, no matter what condition it's in, but I love cards like that. that I, I said this the other, one of my previous videos, those are the type of cards I'm looking for that, that thing went like, just because of the even wear, it, it actually looked nicely centered. Mm -hmm. the picture was fine. You know, it's, whatever it's worn down on the edges and corners, but it probably got creases, but uh, I'd rather, honestly, for me, I'd rather have something like that than even like a off centered eight or whatever. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm, I'm all about centering. I, I want that eye appeal. Yep. Yeah. And then the other thing that he gave me from his collection is right here. Can't, if I could do it right there. Can't really see it very well, but that's a uh, Babe Ruth autograph. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. So those are the two pieces I got. I got, a, a cool one and a really good one. So, yeah, so I got that from his collection and that got me back into it. So um, I'm going to start. So one of the cards, actually, it's going to be the my number one card has more to do with me getting into the, the hobby as well. But I'll start with my number three. So this card is a card that I, I the player is a great player. I think the card growing up as a kid, when I would see these at card shows and the card shops, I just thought it was such a cool looking card. And I'd always wanted one. And when I got back into collecting, I was like, once I do my my uh, Nolan Ryan run, um, I, I really want to pick up this card. And I, and I couldn't find it in a grade that I like. They're tough to find, well-centered. Plus, there's I think the way they printed them had like multiple printing plays. So sometimes you'll have like the picture and then the name will be off-centered to the picture. So I finally found one. So I was just super thrilled to pick this one up. It's the 1948-49 Leaf oh. Stan Musial and a Ooh. five. Damn, look at that. But yeah, it uh, it was, I thought this was, a. I mean, I, I, I shopped for this for probably, probably two years. This is the longest card that I've shopped for. There's no other card that I have in my collection that I took more time trying to find in a good, in good condition, but it's really well-centered it's a really clean picture. And, and uh, one of the things with these cards, if you've seen other ones, like you might have him here, but like his hat will be kind of like off centered or the nameplate will be off centered or this, this blue background has lots of spots on it. But this one I thought was great. Cause it was, it was super clean, no spot and no print spots on this one. So oh, this man. is this one. Uh, and the backs, the back came out pretty solid condition as well. It's, well centered and nice and clean i think this is i appeal wise i feel like this could easily be like a seven or an eight maybe not an eight but this could easily be a seven with, with those corners so you know i love the card i love the look of the card it's a card i've always wanted it was a really tough one to find that to look like that plus musial is another one of those guys that i think are very underappreciated in the hobby i mean it from my perspective, I would say that Musial is top fifteen of all time. And that's one of my that's one of my favorite cards of all time. For me, it's probably yeah, it's top ten cards of all time. Um, I have I have I think a four or something like that, uh, three and a half, four. Nice. And mine, I always you know mine looks really good, but not as good as yours. It's mine's more off centered. Yours is beautifully centered. And you got, I mean, the, the coloring on yours too, like, is just fantastic. That That's one of the nicest ones I've ever seen of that card. Like you said, even yeah. in sevens or eights, that looks wow. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, that, that's one of the ones I, I spent, it, it was almost annoying because I'd find one and I would, you know, 
be about to click on 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 eBay on buy, and I'm like, uh, it's got print spots. I'll hold off, and then I kept holding off, and then COVID happened, and I'm like, oh crap, it's like yeah. five times as expensive as it was two months ago. So then I was waiting, and I I because I, I originally was looking at sevens back in 2019, and then when I finally found one that I wanted, the price had literally the fives were going for what sevens were going for. And, uh, and then, yeah, no, and then I, 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 I probably almost bought seven or eight of them and then I just never, never clicked. And then I saw this one and I was like, yep, bye now. Yeah. Because I finally settled on the one I got, which again is not the best centering, but pretty good. Uh, but I finally threw it out the window. I was like, man, I'm never going to find a centered one of these. So I might just go for one that has, you know, good colors and everything. Good, good picture. And I'll throw centering like, okay, out the window a little bit. So that's why I bought the one I got. I still love it, but yours is, man, yours has got everything on that. That's perfect. I appreciate that. Thanks, Adam. Awesome. Wow, that, we're yeah. starting this one off with a bang. <laughs> so nice. uh, my, my, my next card, the condition, it's one of the ones where I just, I love the player. And I bought the card because I thought it was well-centered. It's It's a lower grade, but it's, to me, it, it, I just absolutely love the card. I love the player, but the 33 Gaudi Lou Gehrig. Mm. There we go. So yeah, it's, it's got pretty good centering. It doesn't have corners anymore. Other than that though, it's, it's pretty nice. I think it's basically a three because those corners are completely rounded. The back of it's pretty clean. Um, it doesn't have any stains or anything on it. Um, but again, yeah, it's just basically the corners. It's got a little, it's like the, it's fading a little bit on the, or darkening a little bit on the back. But uh, yeah, no, I absolutely love this card. I love Gehrig. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I sometimes I'll think about had he not gotten ALS, where would he have ended his career? And, you know, and I think about that, I'm like, okay, well, he absolutely would have been in the 3000 hit club. He absolutely would have been in the 500 run club. He was seven short, right? And he could have played easily for five more seasons if he didn't get sick. So he, I, I think he could have had, you know, over 600 homers. I think he could have been top two or three all time in runs scored. I think he would have been the all time RBI leader actually, had he had he not gotten sick. I think some of his his average numbers, so like his batting average and his slugging percentage, they were insane. Um, his OPS, I think he's like third all time. Um, I think those numbers might have gone down a little bit as he aged, right? Because he went from being like top of his game to having like a, like a couple games in that last season and then retiring. So he never really had like a – he didn't really trail off at all. But I think his career numbers – I mean, he's obviously one of the all-time greats regardless. But I think had he played, I think he would have absolutely had the RBI record. He had a, probably a chance at the runs record. I don't know if he would have necessarily had the home run record, but he would have been way up there, probably like in the 600. So I just think he's amazing player, amazing story. And uh, I just think that card, 33 Gaddy set's a great set, but I think that card is just, I just love it. Yeah. That's, I, I've always, if I ever get one, uh, one of his cards, I, I'm still kind of torn between, I don't think I'll probably get both, but uh, the, that or the, um, the long. DeLong or the oh, that DeLong is great. Like, uh, I don't know. I love them both. They're so awesome. But like, if I can only get one, I don't know. I don't know what I would do yet. Um, you know that, but that is one of one of those two cards is on my long, long, long term list to get at some point. You know, but they keep going up. They just keep going up. I know, I know. And, and that's what's funny is 
I bought this one at not the greatest time. Like I think, I think like a month or two ago, I saw that uh, um, New York Yanks fan in Silver Jacket if I did a video talking about like the worst invested cards they had and the best that they had. Yeah. And I feel like this one, if, if I had this, it would probably be on my list of worst invested. I don't really care. But I mean, I, I think I bought this in a three at the very peak of the market. And when I look at it on card ladder now, it's one of, it probably is one of my top two or three cards in total value drop, not necessarily percentage drop, but uh, it's definitely worth thousands less than what I paid for it. But I don't care just because I love it and I'm glad I have it. And I look at it every day when I come into my office. Yeah. And, you know, being a three, not all threes <laughs> look, you know, it, with, with the card ladder, you know, uh, prices and stuff. It's tough sometimes with vintage because, you know, a three that, doesn't look as good as yours might yeah sell for thousands less or whatever but if yours went up for auction it might actually sell for more than you even think based on true. how you deal with it you know that's true no i agree that the lower grade vintage is really tough right like i have a i have a 33 gaddy ruth the yellow one and a one and 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 uh vintage card prices are saying oh hey it's gone down a lot since you bought it and then i'm like true but then i look at the most recent sales and i'm like those ones look like somebody wrinkled them up into a ball and then pressed them flat again versus mine. Right. It just has really bad corners. Basically. And it has like a one little crease inside, nothing through the middle of the card. And it just has really bad corners. I'm like, okay, well it's a one. So it's like, it's kind of like when you think about it, like in school, right? Like an A is like a 90 to hundred, but an F your F is from zero to 60. Right. So right at 59. So for my, my, my Ruth, it's like, my Ruth is probably like a 53% versus the one that just sold at 2%. But like you said, you know, vintage car prices and car ladders say, hey, that's the most recent sale. That's the comp. Doesn't matter what it looks like. It's worth X, right? So Yeah, and look, just my opinion, just my opinion. But for the same amount of money, if I could get a, a severely off-centered six or your three, I'm taking the three. That That's just me. That's the way I go about it. I know everyone doesn't. And, you know, grade matters more to some people. But I do I think that's the way it may go even further in the future with people beyond, you know, just my thinking? I think I'm not the only one who even thinks like that now. I know that, but sure. I think it might even go even broader as we get into the future. But that that's just my opinion. I agree with you 100%. I mean, I, I go, when I look at cards, I say centering is most important. And then just like the general like image is probably second most important. And then you know, creases, depending upon where the creases are in corners, I, I, I care, but I don't care as much. Um, like I said, right, like that card I have in the that Ted Williams card, the Ted Williams card is almost like a, you know, not quite, but it's almost like a circle, right? Yeah. Used to be a square and now it's a circle, <laughs> but it's centered. So I don't care. It still looks good, right? If those corners yep. are worn evenly, right? Like on, on, on this one, the corners are all pretty worn. They're all worn about the same, right? So yep. it 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 flows, right? It's not like one corner is missing or something. So it it the, the centering, like like you said, right? The centering makes it look better than the grade for sure. Yeah, and and I've, I want to keep saying this. It's I'm, I feel this way not because it's a trend that's going on or I think they're going to be worth more money in the future. It's just my brain. What what do I enjoy more looking at? And, and that's where I'm at right now. I wasn't always like that. And over time, it's kind of evolved into that. Maybe it's just I've looked at more cards because, you know, before the last couple of years, I didn't look at that many cards. I, I've been buying vintage cards for 12 years on, on eBay, but 
but I wouldn't really like browse a ton. I would just be like, all right, this is the card I want to buy. And I'd kind of go through eBay and, and look at the best one that I liked that was available at that time and buy it. But I wouldn't look at as many cards like I do now on a daily basis. I'm looking at dozens of vintage cards, you know, right. so I think it's just that brain thing that happens over time, you know? Yeah, no, and I think, I mean, that's one of the things that I've noticed as well. When you, the longer you're doing it, the, it's almost like the quicker you are to be able to judge it, yeah. right? Like when I first started collecting, I would, I would pull up the image on eBay and I'd look at it, like I'd zoom in and I'd move it around, I'd look and I'd look at the back and I'd go back to the front and I'd do that. Then I would go, I'd close it and I'd think about it and I'd go back and look at it again. Now, like when I was at the national, I would, I'd be like walking by and I would see the card and I wouldn't even notice the grid. I'd just see the card like in a case and say, okay, yeah, that's the one I want. So it's, I think it's just, you know, as you're doing it more, you get, you start to, your, your brain starts to adjust to what's important to you from a, from like the look and feel of it. So there's guys that are all about corners. So they're like, cool, it's off center, but it's got great corners. I'm just like, Hey, look, I could, when I look at it quickly, the border is pretty even all the way around. That's the, that's the card I want. Right. Yeah. As long as basically I, I don't, I don't need perfect centering or, or whatever. It's just like, if I look at it, if it doesn't distract me, then I'm good. You know, like right. that's, yeah. it's not like, yeah, but I don't want to have any yeah, buts if I'm spending big money on a card, especially. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I bought a few, I, I bought some cool cards in lower grades, like my uh, Ozzy Smith rookie. I bought that in like a seven and it's a newer card in the seven so like i usually i usually try to pick up cards the grade for the decade so if it's you know yeah. a 19 technically i guess it's a 79 but um i, I probably would have gone for that more than eight or nine even but uh yeah i bought it in the seven because it was at a show and I, I was like oh that's it's on my list and i saw it and i bought it and i got home and i'm like i hate it it's off-centered <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't even have it on display i've got four of these these bigger displays in my office and then I've got a box with my my non-display slab cards and that Aussie's in there because it's not it's not centered. So I, I have no interest in like being like, ooh, I want to check that out. Because yeah. I use these for like when I'm when I'm having like a rough day at work, I get off of like a, a call where it's like not a great call. I'll walk around my office and I'll look at my cards and they calm me down. So I don't want a card that's off centered because then that'll like then I'll get more upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, the, the mind of it's good. This is why I love doing these because it makes me understand myself more because like before I connected with people, you know, I'd be like, why do I, why do I think this way about cards or why do I want, you know, and now it's, I don't feel so alone because I, I am inside other guys' heads now too on how they're thinking about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm ready All right, for number cool. three. So my, my favorite card in my collection, this card got me back into collecting. So when I turned 40, um, my, my parents were like, Hey, you know, you're 40 now. So you kind of cleared that hurdle. You're not young anymore. You got responsibilities, got the family, you know, you're not, you don't, it's not like you're in your twenties and you go do fun stuff all the time. Right. It's like you, you, you do the things you need to do because you have all the responsibilities. And they said, and my dad was like, Hey, look, now that you're 40, you want to do stuff that you used to enjoy when you were younger. And he goes, this is something I got you something that you've always wanted and you've never had. And I was like, sweet, you bought me a 911 turbo. And he's like, no, I'm like, all right, well, give it a shot. Right. And uh, he, uh, he goes, no, I bought you a card that you always wanted when you were a kid. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And uh, you know, I, I couldn't think of which one it was. And then he gave it to me and I unwrapped it and it was, 
Nolan Ryan rookie and a mint nine. Wow. And Look at that. this one, I, this is like this card. This is my first card I got when I got back into collecting. Um, it's my favorite card of all time. It has been since I was a kid. Nolan Ryan's one, he, he's my favorite modern player, hands down. And I, I just absolutely love this thing. It's, these are super tough to get centered and this one is basically perfectly centered. I mean, I, I compared it to a couple PSA nines that were for sale and this one's, this one was better centered than, uh, than any of the PSA nines that, that I saw. Like this one is, this one's basically perfect. And I, I'd, I'd be curious as to why it, what it didn't get a 10. I'm sure there's a reason, but I look at this thing and I'm like, it's about as perfect as it, as it can get. And, the back, the back has a slight, slight off center right here, but it's still within, you know, obviously within the the, the parameters of a nine. Um, but yeah, this is a favorite card in my collection. Favorite card. This is a card that got me back into collecting. If it wasn't for this card, I wouldn't have any of the other cards behind me or in my collection. I wouldn't have a YouTube channel either. So, this is not only my favorite card, but it's to me the most important card in my collection. Um, that, that's a that's a beauty and i th there's nothing wrong with high grade vintage especially high grade vintage that looks like high grade vintage right like that that looks like a nine or a ten uh what drives me nuts is when i see you know nine eights and nines and tens even sometimes that they're not they don't look like a ten or they don't look like a nine they, they're off centered and they just they you know for me i understand the technical grading thing but those drive me nuts when I see those. And I'm like, that's when I'm like, oh, you should just bought a, a three that lo that looks the same. You know? Right. I agree. I, I have, I can't remember what card it was. I bought something. I think it was a, might've been a football card. I can't remember. I bought something back uh, in like 2019, 2020, that was a PSA 10. And I got it and I looked at it and I'm like, is that corner bent? Yeah. <laughs> and, and my wife's like, no, it's not bent. I'm like, no, no, look closely. She goes, I think that's a reflection. I'm like, no, I think like you can't see the side of it. Right. Cause the, 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 you know, you can't, you can't see through the case like this, but I was looking at, it, I'm like, I think on, I can't remember what card was, but I'm like, I think it has like a, like a curled corner, not bent, but curled. I go, that definitely shouldn't be a 10. And she's like, just return it. I'm like, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> now, are you someone who, uh, that that's like the uh, old SGC labels. Are you someone who will eventually look to get those into a new holder, a new label with SGC or do you not care? Um, I might upgrade the label on a lot of them. I don't even want to risk them. I don't want to risk anything with with that, Ryan. I'll probably keep that in in that holder. But a lot of my other SGC cards that have the older holders. I'll probably I'll probably switch over. But I will need to switch over a lot of them before I'm comfortable with that. Like if I do that, Ryan, I feel like I will need to fly to Boca Raton and walk that card in and sit there while they do it because like if they mess that up. I can't find another one of those. That, that well, that, like that's that. exactly why I mentioned this because I love SGC, great company, great people, but, and this doesn't happen often, I'm sure. But for me, I did, I sent in a couple cards. Now these were low dollar cards, cards that I could easily replace, but I sent them in to get uh, re-slabbed. And uh, one of them, they called me up and said, you know, it was a 10. And unfortunately now it's a 9.5 because we dinged a corner or whatever in the, in the re-holder process. And uh, again, they made it right. They actually over overly compensated me for the based on what the card's worth. But that's a card I can go out and buy again with something like that. 
no no competition would probably allow you to get that type of card again at least for a while right. <laughs> so so it's just i wanted to throw that out there not to trash any it, it happens to all the grading companies sure so it's something definitely to, to think about sure no i no, i yeah I, uh, I i love sgc i've been my last couple of submissions were to sgc um i like their, the look of their slabs i think that they're more fair on their grading and they're more consistent on their grading plus obviously their service is better he turns around fairly quickly versus months of psa um, but I mean, I've had little, little things here and there. I mean, this one really wasn't, this actually wasn't their fault, but I bought this card. I bought a Mel Ott, uh, Gaddy Ott at a, uh, um, at a card show. And this was before I knew how, this is right when I got back into the hobby. I, it was before I knew how, uh, um, how, you know, the, the grading stuff worked very well. And I, I, I just had it. I'm like, that's a great card. It's an authentic. And I'm like, I wonder why it's authentic. It looks like it's brand new. And then I, uh, um, maybe a year after I started collecting, realized I could stick, I, I could plug the uh, uh, serial number into their website. So I plugged the serial number to their website and it came up as unknown. So I bought a, a fake SGC graded card and, it has nothing to do with SGC, right? It's the guy that made the fake label and I, I cracked it open and I was about to throw it away and I decided to keep it. So I threw it in that, uh, threw in that holder and, and I kept the label just to remind me to not be stupid when I buy stuff. But uh, that, that for some reason, I wasn't a big SGC fan for the first couple of years I was in the hobby because of that, even though it has nothing to do with SGC, they didn't do it. It was, you know, somebody else did it. But now that I'm, I, I'm back, I'm back with them and I'm a fan and I think, it uh, the national I picked up nine cards. I think seven of them were SGC graded. Yeah, I mean it's great, great run company. Um, everyone makes mistakes, so yeah, it's nothing, uh, nothing new mm -hmm. to the hobby. So, all yeah. right, Aaron. Well, I got here's what I got. I got card ladder pulled up. You sent me a list of three cards that are on your want list. I got the first one already ready to go here, and. This is this is a card I, I feel like I've been seeing a lot of videos about lately. Uh, it's always been a well, you know, a, a very in-demand card, but I feel like I'm seeing a lot about this card, even more than normal. This is the 1938 Gaudi Heads Up, Joe DiMaggio with the comics. Um, tell me why you want this card. Well, I want this card for a couple of reasons. One, DiMaggio is great. I'm a Yankees fan. Love DiMaggio. One of the best Yankees of all time. I think it's a really cool card. It's actually, it's sort of a silly looking card, but at the same time, I really like it because of that. Um, and I just, you know, I wanted a DiMaggio rookie. That being said, the other reason I want the card is with my new countdown that, I, that I'm doing, I'm trying to get the rookie card of the 50 greatest players of all time with a few exceptions like Ruth. I'm not getting a M1015 Ruth. So, you know, I'm not, I won't have that, but there's a few that I have that have exceptions, but most of them I want to get the rookie. So I don't have a DiMaggio rookie. So to to you know complete my uh, um, top fifty, I want it for that. But I love this card. It's probably probably one of my favorite cards. And this is sort of along the lines of the Musial, where I keep looking to buy it, and every time I go to buy it, the price has gone up like twenty percent. And shout out to Adam Vintage Sanctuary who bought this card at the National. Uh, congrats again, Adam, if you happen to catch this one. Um, yeah, and I just pulled up a, a three, a SGC three in this card, because you did mention that you, you would look to get it maybe in the three grade range. Yeah, I wanted to go with a three on this one. A couple of reasons. One, you know, 
the grid for the decade. It's a 30s card, so I go with a three on it. Um, I would love to get in a four, but that's it's a three is really pushing my budget. A four is too much for for my budget on this one. Um, and plus, you know, I, I just it, it's a cool card. I, I just got a uh, uh, Bob Feller in a three from from the same from the same set. And if I could find a DiMaggio that looks, you know, in the condition like my Feller, I'd be super happy with it. Yeah, I love that Feller card, too. I almost pulled the trigger on one of those pretty recently, but uh, still, nice. still haven't gotten it. Uh, nice. All right, next one, 1909, E92, Wagner. And uh, you'd be looking this one in a – there we go. This one should be there good. It is. Uh, looking for like a one, and here's one that recently yep, throwing back in May. Yep, there we go. So that card, you know, Honus Wagner, greatest shortstop of all time. Um, he kind of has a couple different cards from 1909. He's got this one. He also has from the E92 set, he also has a batting one where it's got like a red background. Um, I kind of like the look of the throwing more. And then obviously he's got his T206. Um, I don't think my wife would let me pick one of those up because I think she'd like us to keep our house and she wants the kids to go to college someday. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, that, that one, I really like that one. He has a bunch of different cards from 1910, but kind of keeping with my goal of getting the rookie card of as many of these guys as I can, I, I'm leaning towards this one. Um, it's on my list. I'm, I'm looking out for it. Uh, one of the things I've noticed over the last year, a lot of vintage prices of softened a little bit which i'm fine with i like when the prices soften that means i could pick up cards i want for less money um there's a few players that i've noticed obviously you know mantle but uh honus wagner and joe jackson their cards have not and dimaggio for that matter their cards haven't softened at all they're still going up so this one's on my list um again like i think when i i could just before you pulled up the picture of the card even this one in a one, I think, is you know the most recent sale is like eight grand or something. So, yeah, I, you're looking I, close to ten grand uh, now. Yeah, so now now I'm thinking, you know, should I I need to I could wait on it and see if the price comes down. But the problem with the, the with Honus Wagner cards recently, the more I wait to see the prices come down, I watch them go up and up. <laughs> yes. What so, do you know much about the Dockman and Sons? Is do you know how this card was uh, distributed originally? Um, I believe it was a it was a regional, I think it was a clothing company, but it, it was it was a regional card, okay. and uh, I think I'm, I might be wrong. I think it was a clothing company, though. Sounds like a clothing company, Dockman and Sons. So, yeah, I'm sure uh, in the comments, guys. I'm sure there's many of you out there who know the answer to that. Um, again, I'm not the big I'm not the biggest um, pre-war guy, so I would like to know that. Though I'm always interested in knowing about certain cards and uh, how they were distributed especially way back then yeah cool. me too i am curious about that i didn't i didn't really think of it i was just like hey that's his uh that's his rookie card and i like the pose on it but yeah that's a good point i i don't know how that one where, where that i think it was a clothing company but i'm not sure and i'd be interested to if somebody could comment let me know yeah I've, I've, it's funny because i seem to be getting more and more interested in um i've always been interested in the players you know in the history of sports always been a huge sports fan uh, and always enjoyed cards but I find myself now like being so interested in the history of the hobby, mm -hmm. um, just the, the history of the cards and, and the people, the pioneers of the hobby, uh, you know, that kind of put us to where we are now, the different eras. And um, yeah, I, I just, I find learning about that very interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Actually, right. I take that back. If it's an E92, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think I saw either on Vintage Oddball Cards or Blue Jacket 66, I think they talked about the naming convention of the, if it's an E card, I think that might mean it was a candy card. Yeah, e, that's right. Yes. Yep. So Dr. Nissan's, it must be a candy company. Okay. Again, guys, help us in the comments. Yeah, we, need help. Your, we need your help here. All right. All right. So last one, it's a card I've seen a few times. Pretty, pretty nice card. I'm sure, I'm sure your wife likes this card too. Yeah. She'd be uh, thrilled if I picked one up. Well, she'd be thrilled to see it. And then she asked me how much it costs and I would tell her, <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. Where she wants to go on vacation. What's one for in a two? Got one of those. Well, we'll just pull up this one point five. Yeah, one point five should work. Yeah, this one's got some serious uh, stains on there, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I probably wouldn't buy that one. But uh, yeah, the mantle rookie, I think, is fifty-one Bowman mantle. It's a great. It's just such a cool. It's such an iconic card. I think it's a great looking card. Um, I'm a big fan of the horizontal cards. Um, it's just, I just absolutely love this card. And I actually thought about picking one up when I first got back into collecting in 2019. Um, but I found, I was looking at this and I was looking at the 56 tops and I found the 56 tops in a six that was selling for about what fours were going for at the time. So I bought that instead. And then this one's gone up, I don't know, about three, four X since then. So I haven't gotten around to picking it up. Um, this one, obviously, even in the two, is is it's pretty expensive. I need to figure out, you know, budgetarily how that'll work out. But if I could figure out a way to make it work, this is probably the biggest card that I don't have in my collection that I want to get. And sorry, guys, I'm just mesmerized. This card I pulled up on the screen here that recent that sold uh, 2023 here. It's just mesmerizing. Look at the the staining, how it like all avoided pretty much mantle. Like it's like it's like right, exactly. That is kind of nuts. I was, I was, right I was well, I was talking. I was I was looking at that. I'm like, that's great staining. I'm mean, honestly, yeah. if you're not a stain, that's the way to go. Wouldn't you like to know how that happened? Like if you could go back and, and see exactly how that what, right. what that is. is that coffee or what? Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's. It's a card that just can, it, it will probably always be undervalued. It will probably always be like, people will always say like, it should be, it should sell for just as much as the tops, 52 tops, you know, being that it's his rookie card. So mm-hmm. but it probably never will, you know? <laughs> so Right. Just, but yeah. And then I, you know, hopefully card. I could pick one up before it really takes off. I mean, it's, it's, it, as you know, right. The, it's a strong card price wise. Like it's been, it's been cruising for a while, I think prior to the pandemic you could probably could have picked one of these up in like a you could probably pick up a pretty reasonable one like a three or a four of this for like maybe five grand back in like 2018 2019 and uh now you're looking at at least five figures even with a one a one you probably can get for less than 10 but uh there, there's a lot of authentics that are going for like 15 to twenty thousand because they might be trimmed or something but they have really good eye appeal and then the two, you know, that's going to be probably around like 10 to 12, or I think that's currently where it's at. Maybe it'll soften up a little bit before I could figure out how to pick one up. <laughs> and there's still an amazing amount of people in the hobby that, that, uh, don't know about this card. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they think 52 tops is the rookie. And I, I've talked to people myself that 
literally just said, I just realized there's a there's a 50. I didn't know about the 51 Bowman mantle. I always thought the 50. And these are people who've been, you know, collecting modern cards, but they're starting to look at Mickey Mantle cards now. And they're like, wait a minute, there's a there's a the 52 tops isn't his rookie card. They're like, no. <laughs> no. It was actually funny at the national. They had the hair. Uh, I think it was heritage. They had the nine or 9.5 on display of the 52 tops. And he, one of the people working at, at the, at the booth was walking a, a, some older guy around, like showing him stuff they have coming up in the next auction. And then he's like, Oh, have you seen the mantle rookie? And then walked him over to it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to correct him. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Darren, um, Give me before we go. Give me a give me a channel or two of people that you know a channel on YouTube that you enjoy watching. Maybe you know maybe someone that uh, isn't doesn't have thousands of subscribers. Someone that uh, maybe is a newer channel like yourself that you'd want to mention. Sure, um, David Legends of the Dugout. It's yep. a good one. Uh, I really like his channel. He was, I think, Dave was my first subscriber other than like my family. <laughs> By the way, mm -hmm. I have to, I have, I love Dave. I met him at the national. We, you know, had a great time talking to him and his, his son. Uh, I, I, okay. So at the national, I gave away a couple slabs to his son. One was a Peyton Manning card. Nice card. And the other one, okay, this was at the national. Okay. This was before any, I gave, a, I gave him a, uh, it was a PSA 10, but it was a Wander Franco card. And, uh, oh man, do I, I don't feel good about giving that away to him now, but, uh, how, do, how was I supposed to know, you know, I, hey, I, no, you, how could you possibly know? Yeah. It's funny. My, uh, a good friend of the, our family, their, their son, I, he's pretty young. He, he's a big Wander Franco fan. So like for his birthday and Christmas every year, my dad sends him Wander Franco cards and I send him a text and I'm like, man, I want to, I want to change that up to somebody else yeah. moving forward. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just I just was like cringing. I'm like, oh man, no. <laughs> but sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Darren, this was fun. I I'm glad I saw that you were originally. I, I found out about your channel off of uh, Theo's channel, Clemente Collector, when he had you on for his um, behind the cards. Uh, so since then, I've been you know watching your channel, following along, and and like I mentioned, guys, if you don't follow Darren, uh, great channel, great collection. He's now got his top 50 series, which I love. So he's a great follow if you haven't um, seen his channel. So hopefully people that maybe didn't know about it yet because you are newer, will see it through this. And uh, I would love if you guys followed Darren too. That would be great. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. This was great. I kind of felt when, when you first asked me, I'm like, whoa, am I worthy of this? A three and three? I'm too new. <laughs> no, nah, man. Look. Do, the car, you threw out uh, three of the best cards I've ever seen right there at the beginning. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and anyway, yeah, even even without that, it's uh, you know we, we met at the national, so mm -hmm. that was cool when we uh, got to got to talk at the national. And um, yeah, man. So this was fun, guys. Thanks for watching here. Uh, we had so much fun that it went longer than than even the normal kind of half hour thing. So hopefully you stuck uh, stuck with us the whole time, <laughs> and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys.